Before we get started, Dead and Married would like to thank those very close to our Dead Black Hearts, our patrons. Thank you to William Rush, Karima Rhodes, my best friend and fellow Tom Atkins lover, Gary Horton, Carissa. Jonathan says thank you. Dr. Sexy himself, Kent Morton. Oh yeah. Kate Lamp, Travis's cowgirl, Lala Thomas. Hey girl. And last but certainly not least, our friends over at the Podmortem Podcast. You can also check out their very own show every Monday on all major platforms. And now, on with the show. Warning, the following show features spoilers and opinions performed either by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. Accordingly, Dead and Married and the producers must insist that no one attempt to recreate or reenact any opinion or fuckery performed on this show. Hey everybody, welcome back to an all new episode of Dead and Married. I'm your host Ashley. And I'm Travis. And today we are talking Return of the Living Dead. That's right, Jim. (laughs) (laughs) So last week we covered Reanimator and I was saying that it put me in the mood for this film. And I, I don't know about you, but I really, really enjoyed revisiting this. This is our second highest rated zombie movie we've done. We did. We've done them back to back. So I I feel pretty good about that. This has been a great last couple of weeks as far as the films that we've covered. Yeah, it has. And it's amazing to me that the uh your 80s zombies movies have been so high highly rated. I know that's that's pretty it's wild. crazy, right? Yeah. So on Metacritic, this movie's a 66%. Mm-hmm. Not so awesome. IMDb has it a 7.3 out of 10. Pretty Rotten good. Tomatoes has got it at 91%. You know what that means? Yeah. It means those other two are wrong. <laughs> Definitely. But that I mean shit, that's just a few points lower than reanimator which yeah. I, I just find very wild but at the same time i don't because this movie is so good like this may be one of my favorite zombie films of all time you know what's crazy is that they released this movie what a month after romero's which one was it day of the dead day of the dead yes that came out a month prior to this and this one beat it yeah in the box it, office and they were worried about it uh was it orion uh was actually concerned about how close these two were together because you've got the godfather of zombies right releasing a film and then dan o'bannon who i guess they both work together on no 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 somebody else anyway i'll let you do the facts (laughs) anyway they were worried about releasing these so closely uh as a summer movie and yeah return of the living dead pretty well skunked romero's so i i mean impressive it beat the hell out of it And, and the thing is is i also really really love day of the dead um that film's gonna come up more than once in this review, but just, I I don't know. Sometimes we have so many serious zombie films out there. It's refreshing when you get a zombie film that's just fun. You know, I mean, yes, later on we would get things like Shaun of the Dead or, um, oh fuck, what am I thinking of? A Zombieland that did the same thing, but as good as, I'm not going to say Zombieland, but as good as Shaun of the Dead is, I still feel like Return did it better, I guess. Like, it was the first one that did the whole meta thing. So, there's something about a movie about punks, punk rockers, yeah, in Kentucky that was filmed in Los Angeles fighting zombies that works. <laughs> I think it's so strange that this film takes place in Louisville, Kentucky. Why the hell did they pick Kentucky? I'm like, are, were there punks in Kentucky? Because when I think punks, I think the UK or 
LA or New York. I don't think Kentucky immediately. So that's that's a little strange to me. No, you definitely think about a more metropolitan area. Right. But that's that's the other thing. This feels like the punk rock of zombie films. This movie straight doesn't give a fuck. It takes everything that Romero set up in the past and turns it on its head and it's just fun. I mean, yes, there's there is some fucked up notions in this film that we will talk about, but otherwise it's just a great time from start to finish. Yeah, I I had a great time watching this movie. So, uh watching it all six times. We watched it a lot we this week. We watched it a bunch. We really did. Um, so this time watching it was, it was not your first time to watch it. No, I had seen, <clears throat> I had seen parts of this movie before. Uh, so there were some of them that I, I remembered. There were portions of this movie that I actually remembered. This was one that, uh, that you had watched and I was in the room, but there were, sh- there was shit that happened that caught my attention and I actually paid attention to some of it. And laughed a lot. Oh yeah. At one part in particular that we'll get to, but, <laughs> um. Yeah, there were some near hysteria laughing at one point like the first time i watched i mean the more you watch it you still get a chuckle but the whole i don't know you still laughed pretty hard when we picked it up again like laugh until you pee that that really only happens the first time around right um this was one actually that i didn't watch until recent years also because it was one that i was kind of aware of growing up i had you know i'd seen the, the box i had seen uh, on TV once in a while, if you were watching Up All Night or something, it, it was one that would come up. You're talking about Up All Night with Rhonda Shear? Oh my God. How many times do you do that? Are you going to do that? I've, You've brought her up more than once in the show. Have I? Yes. You must have had a massive crush on her. I think every 10-year-old boy did. Because <laughs> when you when you watched that, you felt like you were doing something naughty. I Kind of, but you also got naughty. the ads for those 900 numbers during that time too. That is true. <laughs> That is true. But no, it was one that came up and honestly, I just didn't have any interest in it as a kid. It wasn't one that jumped out at me. Didn't really do a lot of zombie films when I was a kid, if I'm being honest. Um, But when I decided that I was going to give it a try, oh my God, I was like, why have I not watched this sooner? Like, where has this been all my life? And it's, prop, like I said, probably one of my favorite zombie films now as a result because I watched it and was just completely floored because it was it exceeded all of my expectations. I, I did not get what I expected to get in the best possible way. Would you give it a 91%? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, this is a movie that if you said, hey, what movie do you want to watch? And I just happened to think of this one, I'd be like, hey, let's watch that. Yeah, yeah. We were that's just, not a thing I do. Like, Usually it, I'm like, let's watch John Wick. Oh my God. But this is one going where much like reanimator that we heavily heavily praised last week this is another one that is endlessly quotable you can think of your favorite scenes you can think of your favorite characters like i think we have been quoting this movie all week well once you've watched it it's a way of life (laughs) exactly life I still can't do it the way he says. Life. <laughs> yeah, I just I just love it so much. So 
uh, brief plot synopsis here. You have young Freddy portrayed by Tom Matthews. We'll get into cast here in a minute. But um, he is starting this job or being trained at this job at a medical supply warehouse. You need a medical supply? You need it? We got it. <laughs> and he is, I don't know, it, it, he's under the wing of Frank. And Frank in ill-advised action decides for whatever reason that he needs to impress young Freddy. And so he tells him about some corpses they have in the basement that were from this toxin called trioxin-245 that caused corpses to reanimate, basically saying that the events portrayed in Night of the Living Dead were all true. They were based on real events. So in going to show him this drum that has a corpse in it, he inadvertently releases the toxin into the medical supply warehouse and eventually that toxin gets unleashed into the atmosphere, thus raising the dead. It's a little bit more involved than that, obviously, um, acid rain and such. But yeah, all hell <laughs> breaks loose. Yeah. So the initial the initial release of gas hits uh, hits Frank and Freddy like right in the face and knocks them out. But well, we'll the get rest into the it, story in a minute. Yeah. That's just the synopsis. But the one that causes the acid rain is when they incinerate the body later. Uh huh. We're not talking about story right now. That's a synopsis. Don't you know what a synopsis is, man? Yeah, you you give the short form. Why don't of the you story. just talk about the cast? You know what? I will. <laughs> I will talk about the cast. So we'll start with Clue Gallagher. Go- Clue? Gulliger. Gulliger. Yes. That guy. His name is Bert. Who I knew um, going in immediately from Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 is Jesse's asshole Mr. Fix-It Dad. That boy needs a good goddamn kick in the pants. <laughs> so I knew that guy and went, oh, great. That guy is such an asshole. And then went, I I like this character. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He's pretty good in this one. Uh, but he got famous doing like TV Cowboys, mm-hmm. I think was his thing. Uh, James Karen plays Frank. James Karen was in, he did a lot of TV commercials. But Poltergeist. Everybody knows him is you move the bodies, but you didn't move the headstones. You only move the headstones. <laughs> right. Don Kalfa plays Ernie. Thom Matthews is Freddie. <laughs> Stop saying Thom. I hate when you it's do Thom. that. <laughs> Who everybody should well know as Tommy Jarvis in Jason Lives. He's the one that brought Jason back. He has a thing about bringing the dead back to life. He's the one that screwed everyone. He screwed everyone. <laughs> he screwed everyone for 10 films by bringing him back. Right. If he just left it alone. It's your fault, Thom. <laughs> Beverly Randolph plays Tina. Uh, John Philbin is Chuck. Jewel Shepard plays Casey. Miguel A. Nunez Jr. Who, again, another Friday the 13th veteran of uh, Friday the 13th, A New Beginning. The uh, damn enchiladas. Um, Leprechaun 4. What was his name in that one? In what? The enchilada movie. Demon. Well, in this one, he's Spider. <laughs> yeah, they, they just give him all the cool he names. He can't have a real name. <laughs> um, Brian Peck plays Scuzz. Blah. Lin- Linnea Quigley plays Trash. And that's not a judgment on her character. That's her name in this film. <laughs> Mark Venturini plays Suicide. Now, Mark Venturini, he uh, was in a, he, he another was in a Friday movie. Another Friday the 13th. That would be... Didn't he kill the kid with the chocolate bar? Yes, that's also a new beginning. So that's awesome. another team up for him and Nunez. I just think it's good good decision making in that Well, film. if that's how you feel. No, the kid with the chocolate bar needed to go. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you, you didn't see what I did there. I didn't see what you well, did Well, if there. that's how you feel, just forget it. Oh, yeah. But I think 
think you're really out of line. <laughs> that's right. Um, let's see. That's really it as far as your, your primary cast. So let's talk about the legend here that is Linnea Quigley. So I'm going to be upfront and honest here for a minute. I despised any time she showed up in a horror film for years because let's let, let me say that I, I'm trying not to sound as bad as I'm going to sound here. But for the longest time, horror was considered a boys club. Kind of. More and more, you find out more and more women love the genre, myself included, obviously. But when you get online, like go to YouTube to watch reviews, the majority of reviewers are still guys. I mean, there are females that are up and coming now, um, like Spooky Astronaut, for instance. But and you. I'm talking YouTube. I know. Well. I'm not on YouTube. No, but you're a reviewer and you're a female. <laughs> anyway. You yourself. Give any- yourself some credit. I was talking strictly YouTube, though. Anyway, um, but it's it, the majority is guys. So anytime I was watching a film like, let's say, Night of the Demons or Silent Night, Deadly Night, Return of the Living Dead, and Linnea Quigley would come up, all the guys can do is talk for 15 minutes about her tits or her being nude or something. And it was like, okay, guy, there's literally more to this film than her sticking a tube of lipstick up her nipple. Okay, it it was irritating to the point where anytime she showed up in a film, I was like, well, fuck, <laughs> you know, um, but I've got to tell you, she has really grown on me um, here recently where now I'm like, you know what? I fucking love her. Like, I, I got to tell you, I'm in agreement that she she was pretty banging <laughs> in this film, if I'm being honest. And I was like, you know what? I think what I appreciate or appreciate the most about her is her don't give a fuck attitude about any of it. And I'm thinking definitely in terms of her character, Night of the Demons, and this. Like, I, I love that she just straight doesn't give a fuck about who she's who she's playing. So I found a new level of respect for her. And to me, she's right up there with top scream queens as far as I'm concerned. So Linnea Quigley, I apologize. You do you, boo. <laughs> well, there was a reviewer that we watched that I think put it really well that uh, Jamie Lee Curtis was the sort of the A-list scream queen. Linnea Quigley was the B-list scream queen. Like right. she was the one for these movies. Yeah. And there's some line delivery problems <laughs> in this film, but no. she didn't do terrible. I mean, she pulls off that I'm a punk and I don't care if I live or die. She does it. Well, we it, were talking about it off mic and I was like, in the lab at work, I would be considered the trash of the group and not because I get on top of gurneys and dance nude. Um <laughs> But I'm considered the weird one in the lab, you know, because I'm the one who wears my horror stuff to work. Um, I talk about horror films. I make all the dark jokes. I'm enamored by what we do and the gruesome shit that we see on a day-to-day basis. And so I really leveled with the character of Trash. And I was like, all right, I get it. I'm the Trash. (laughs) And I'm okay. I'm good. (laughs) Yeah. I oh you know one of the one of the reviews that we did watch 
had talked about, I guess, O'Bannon wanted, he wanted good chemistry and he wanted the uh, interactions between all of the cast members to look good Mm -hmm. on screen. He wanted them to look real on screen and make sure that they all had chemistry. So, So a lot of the casting wasn't necessarily completed until they had done a rehearsal as a group. So they did like group auditions of a sort to see how each character could play off of each other and and if it worked on film and i think that was a good choice Mm -hmm. i i feel like they all they all played pretty well off of each other i I think so there's some people who would probably say well the acting is kind of yeah in this film but you know what it's not that bad i don't i was impressed with thom matthews i was you keep saying thom though it's making me insane that's how it's spelled he did good. He pulls off like the whole I'm do dying you, thing. He, do you call your bro- brother Thomas? No. It's spelled that way. Uh, no, I just call him Tom. Okay, it's, it's, then. It doesn't have an H in it. Yes, it does. Your brother's, it's not spelled Tomas. No. There's an H in it. No, but I call him Tom and there's no H in that. Oh my God. <laughs> Tom, short for Thomas. Me, listen. Come on. I listen. need you to pull your GPS out. This is the hill I'll die on. <laughs> This is the one right here. (laughs) Say thumb one more goddamn time. (laughs) Thumb. Anyway. Uh, He actually, he does a good job. I feel like all the actors, they they probably were underrated in this film in terms of the acting that they pulled off. You're just going all over the place in the categories now, right? You're supposed to be leading. You're just like, fuck it, we're doing a live. You got a lead. (laughs) Where are we going now? (laughs) Jesus. Now we talk about the story. We have a whole itinerary of, of we set this okay. show up and you're like, fuck it. I'm just driving off I'm road. Doing it live. <laughs> I'm in the Jeep. We're going. <laughs> so story wise, uh, what? how did you feel about it? I like the story. It's, it's it's good. I like it that they act like uh, the first dead movie happened. Yeah. And it's there's even a thing that pops up at the very beginning of the film, and it's like uh, all the events that are depicted in this film really happened. All the characters' names and company names are real. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty fantastic. Yeah. And uh, I think it adds to it that they act like that first film was the real thing. It's a, it was a real event in the world that they create here. Um, it's, I don't know. I think the, the comedy and the horror are pretty well integrated. I feel like the dialogue's good. I like I like the acting, particularly Frank. I think Frank's probably my favorite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's my favorite in the first 30 minutes, probably. Like towards the back end, I think it kind of shifts... But I don't know. I feel like they feel like they balanced it pretty well. I think the zombies uh, were written well and portrayed well on film. And they were done in a way that we hadn't seen before because they can speak, they can think, and they can fucking run. Right. Um, yeah, everybody wanted to give that credit to Zack Snyder. Like, oh my God, they can run now. Yeah. Oh my God. Like, nah, son. <laughs> no, not only can they think and talk and run in this, they are intelligent enough to set traps. Yes. And ask for more. And they feel. Yeah. Yeah, they have. And that's something that gets explored in this that I have never seen in another film you know why they eat brains right and honestly I think the whole concept of zombies are eating brains originated with this film it did it so did. I don't know everything that you've ever seen about zombies eating brains it came from this you know and I I think that that is so cool that a notion that they set up in this has become iconic to the point that it's all over it's it's in the zeitgeist zombies eating brains it's just it's really neat and the best part is they gave them a reason to do it yes because a lot of times in film maybe you get a, a trait 
or a behavior that's assigned to something specific, a character or a type of supernatural beast. I don't know what you'd want to call a zombie, but there's no real reason for it ever given. It just is, you know, like they can do it because they can do it or they do it because that's what's what they do. This, they gave a behavior and a motive. Right. I think that's great. Yeah. In a way, they created lore for zombies in this film. Yeah. And this is another movie that in having subsequent watches, you pick up on more things that you didn't catch in previous watches. Like these thoughts occur to you like, oh my God, that's why this is happening. That's why this is happening. And it's it's really cool to go back and explore the things that are brought up, I guess. Like, like for instance, you don't realize, I don't think on first watch, that... Frank and Freddy are essentially dead the moment that gas hits them. Like that they're just DOA whenever Bert shows up. And I I think that that is something the fact that cuz you you find out from the half zombie later the lady that she can feel her body rotting and dying and so this whole entire time that you're watching frank and freddie suffer they're going through the same thing they can feel themselves rot it they just they don't know it to say it to be able to articulate it because they have no fucking clue what's happening to them they just know that they feel terrible yeah and on the first watch you don't really know what's happening to them either right um it's on subsequent watches when you realize just how much foreshadowing is in this film yes because there's a lot yes and i think that that is brilliant writing honestly because there's so many things that get set up at the beginning of the film and if you don't pay attention you might not catch that they pay off but they do right I mean, you would have, you'd have, I don't know, maybe somebody that pays attention better than I do. I don't know. I wasn't really listening. But the, um, like, uh, Trash's monologue mm-hmm. on, you know, what's the worst way to die. Mm-hmm. And she talks about, and that one's probably the most obvious one where she talks about, she thinks that the worst way to die would be being surrounded by a bunch of old men who eat you alive. Right. Eating me alive. <laughs> and then what happens? That's that's kind of what that's happens how she to goes her out. Yeah, later. yeah. So I just think that it's interesting that they do it that way. But there's there, there's, there's more than that. Yeah, than there's that there's more. little ones like um, when Freddie and Frank are first going into the basement. He says to watch the third step because it's a bitch. And then later Tina's running up those stairs and falls through that third step. Which apparently the actress did not know about. And so that is a genuine fall, which, whoo, that would be scary. But also they set up the number for the army on the barrel at the very beginning. You know, and they he even asks him, you know, maybe we should we maybe we should call the number that's on the barrel. And then he's like, no, you know what the army's going to do? <laughs> what does the army do? <laughs> right, right. So it's just, it's, I just thought it was really smart writing. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that there's more. Yeah, and I guess O'Bannon was was kind of worried about how closely they would follow the script and stick with all of it. So he storyboarded the whole movie. Mm-hmm. And apparently they spent like a couple of weeks just going over storyboards with like the DP and stuff. So this is right. exactly the shot that I want. Mm-hmm. Um which not really to go back to cast, but the general consensus or that we've been able to find so far is that O'Bannon was not the easiest guy to work with. Right. Um, and he, he was at odds with multiple cast members and uh, crew. And so was Clue Gulliger from what we've heard too. Well, there's that one's, I, I don't know, that one could be true or false because there are people who say it happened and Clue Gallagher denies it that he took a Gulliger? swing at him. It's Gallagher. He <laughs> smashes watermelons with hammers. Um, oh my God. It's spelled G-U. I know, I know, I know. 
but he actually took a swing at him and yeah. that the, the prop department or at, uh, at O'Bannon's request, they replaced the lead, lead pipe. pipe that he has at one point with a rubber one because mm-hmm. they were worried that he'd really take a swing at somebody with it. I mean, they kind of paint him as being sort of a violent asshole. Yeah. But he denies that that stuff actually happened. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Either way, whatever tensions were happening behind the scenes, they made a, a fucking terrific movie and you'd never be able to tell that anybody was less than perfect. Well, yeah, I think, though, that the stress level of the situation only aided in, in the their performances was, yeah, was portrayed on screen so that the, the stress level they were feeling about the filming or during the filming translated to the enhanced or elevated stress levels of their characters in this situation. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I actually think it worked better, but... What do I know? I don't make movies. <laughs> and another thing is like, if you're talking to anybody and you, you bring up Return of the Living Dead, they're like, oh man, that movie's so fucking fun. You know, it's this, it's this, it's this. But the flip side of that is that this is also probably one of the most nihilistic films I've ever seen next to something like Psycho or The Mist. You know, this is, is has a pretty downtrodden ending to it. As fun as it is, it's like, holy shit, that, that's depressing. You know, it's basically... Basically, the end of the world at this point. Um, now I'm waiting for Travis to go, no, it was only 23 blocks and 4,000 people. But then <laughs> they're like, oh, yeah, it's, the rain's going to wash everything away. So you can only assume that this is going to spread on a way more massive level. Yeah, no, no, no. It's what I was talking about when they said that was that uh, they, they said they destroyed the whole city, but they didn't. They was It was 23 blocks and 4,000 people that died. Um, but we didn't really talk about that, the whole part that it probably is the end of the world. Mm-hmm. Because the explosion spread this shit everywhere. Right. I mean, just one incinerator or exactly. at a crematorium mm-hmm. raised everyone in Resurrection Cemetery. Right. Which is a badass name for a cemetery. And a wonderful foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but they, I think they only could have spread it and made it worse. I mm-hmm. don't see any situation where blowing them up would have actually fixed it. Right. And that's the other thing is, is again, as funny as it is, the notion that these zombies cannot be killed is terrifying. Like having multiple parts or quote, rabid weasels <laughs> around and not being able to even burn them for what it's going to release into the air is scary. So essentially, you cannot kill them, period. You can't even burn these fuckers. Like, it's down to a molecular level, and that is scary. Like, there's fucking reanimated butterflies on the wall. Yeah, you have. Can you imagine if it was mosquitoes? <laughs> that would be so bad. And that's something that, that's the only thing that they really don't address there is, I guess they stopped it. You know, the real event that led to all this, allegedly, mm-hmm. they stopped it. And so they've got these zombies in barrels. How did they stop it? I, I don't know. I mean, how could they have possibly stopped it? Aiden, uh, g- going back to the butterflies for just a second, Aiden had said something that just cracked my shit up. And I'm, I'm almost a little sad he's not with us on this. But he was talking about, so suppose zombie butterflies then are unleashed on the planet. They can't really bite you to eat you because you assume they want to eat your brains too. He's like, so you just end up walking around and the people are like, oh yeah, watch out for the carnivorous butterflies. And you just have this swarm of butterflies going around your head. You're like, ah, stop. (laughs) And I just, I laughed so hard. I was like, why is this your brain? (laughs) 
He's right, though. Yes, but I was picturing it in my head like like gnats almost, <laughs> where it's right. the point of annoying. They can't bite you, but it's fucking annoying as shit. Yeah, but to, to that point, though, this is one of the few zombie films where this, this chemical doesn't just affect humans, because in most zombie films, humans are the only thing affected right. by it. Right. Mm-hmm. In this one, it's everything. Everything. Uh, butterflies, split dogs, <laughs> everything. Yeah. And that's something Yellow that doesn't men. show, is that, you know, every pet that got buried in every backyard that was underneath that rainstorm should have come back. Right. And they don't they don't show they that. They don't address that, but you would it stands to reason that that would happen too, right. which is is scary. And it's, that's what I'm saying. It's like, like a bunch just, of churches everywhere just blowing it up. That's eh, not really going to fix it. Right. Yeah. It's just yeah, there there's things about that that's just so fucking scary. And and something that this kind of brought up I, I can't say that this is an original idea because obviously things like pet cemetery existed but the idea that these these your loved ones your friends your neighbor whatever people who know things about you and they're sentient they are they're aware and they know everything about you there's something so terrifying about that I don't want that. I think it's made worse that they can talk. Yeah. They can talk and they remember it. I mean, they're basically still almost like a living person, mm-hmm. except they want to eat your brains. Right. But yeah, they'll they'll have a whole conversation with you. Yes. And and try to manipulate you. Yes. Into giving themselves a shot at your gray it's matter. It's okay, darling. <laughs> yeah. I love you. I had to hurt myself again <laughs> trying to get out. I just want to eat your brains. Yeah. <laughs> so now we can talk about acting. Well, I already did, so it's your turn. <laughs> so uh, again, I'm talking about some things that you already brought up. While this is not, you know, this is not going down as some Tony Collette from Hereditary type of shit. It's still for what it is. It's it's fucking great. The the, the all the performances all all around were were great. Uh, we were talking about how much we really think that Tom Matthews is underrated as an actor, at least back then. Um, I will say in more recent years, he's gotten a little rusty. If you've watched things like Never Hike in the Snow, it's kind of like maybe maybe you can tell that he hadn't done it for a long time. But in something like this, where you take this kid who's just wide eyed and wanting to learn and then you just watch him slowly progress into a zombie. He did a fantastic job in conveying that. Um, the role, like Frank, it, it is so, there's so many quirks and subtleties that these actors give off. Just down to the finer details that I think is so rewarding to watch. They Frank has one of the most hilarious scenes in the movie and it's going to come up again. I know Travis and I are going to bring it up again, but his performance in the part where the yellow corpse is beating the door of the freezer and it's it's actually a pretty tense moment. As funny as it is, it's a pretty tense moment where Freddy is having to unlock the combination lock and Bert is slowly giving him the combination and and Frank is just panicking the whole time because he doesn't want to let this thing out. He understands that they have to, but it's he's doing it reluctantly because the dude is scared absolutely shitless and his performance of terrified is just so damn funny. Yeah, he it, it feels it almost feels over the top. 
Yes. Almost. But when you think about it, put yourself in that situation. It's really happening. How people are going to fucking freak out. Yes. Like he's having a total meltdown. He really is. And it's it's hilarious. But yeah, really, if you think about it, how would you react in that situation where somebody's fixed to open this door? I'm standing here with a pickaxe. And when the zombie rushes me, I'm supposed to kill it. Right. I just don't think that you'd be calm and collected by that. Right. I mean, even Bert. Like, Bert's like, here's what we're going to do. And then he tries to go hide in a corner. Like, mm-hmm. he gets as far away from it as possible and lets his two employees do this dirty work. Right. But, no, I, I like Frank's performance. It's funny, but I think it's probably it's probably more realistic than people would want to give it credit for. Well, to add to that, uh, the scene, he's having this initial freak out when they first wake up and they're trying to decide what they're going to do. They're both in, in the office freaking out and they're like, I know what we'll do. We'll call the boss. And so Frank has been panicking, panicking. He The moment he gets on the phone, though, he's like, Bert? <laughs> like, we got to talk. We but a, he, We got a little problem. Yeah, he just shifts from freaking out to super calm and it's it's hilarious because i have literally watched you do this where you're like fucking fucking motherfucker phone rings hello (laughs) and that's what i'm talking about with subtleties is just that shift from one state to another i thought was was really great hey you know what when you're in the middle of having a fuck this shit meltdown and then you got to answer the phone you got to be able to just switch it off yes i can do that i can do that too i do it at work every night <laughs> frank can do that yeah and Except I, he was being a little bitch and then, <laughs> and then he just he just flipped the switch hey bert we got a problem yeah but yeah i love it i love it yeah he's it, 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 the acting i would say by james karen is probably the best in this film but he's a reason to watch this movie but uh the character the actor that portrays ernie i will say is is another one he just owned that role and he brought so many little quirks and things to it that when you think about who the character is you probably shouldn't like him at all he's not the best let's just say he's got a past he's a nazi (laughs) just saying you're not supposed to like him brad pitt would not like him at all objectively but at the same time you can't help but like him and i think that that is due purely by his performance oh yeah yeah definitely so somebody we haven't talked about is is um Clue Gallagher's performance. Gulliger. Gallagher. Oh my God, please stop. That guy. Bert. We haven't talked about Bert, really. I feel like his performance is pretty good, too. Yes. And, but he, he fully captures the Mr. Krabs of a, vis- of a business owner. Yes, yes. Because, like, every solution that uh, Frank and... Freddie? Freddie come up with, he's like, no, 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 we can't, we can't call the cops, because I'll, then I'll be in trouble. We can't, oh, we can't call these guys, because they'll shut me down. We can't call these... And he's like, I know. He's, he's 100% just the capitalist that's trying to protect his business. He, he's shady, yeah. And he gives you that... Uh, used car salesman vibe and he does it so well well like for instance those drums of corpses are not supposed to be there that was purely accidental and rather than ship them back wherever they were supposed to it's like fuck it we'll put them in the basement and why did they keep them I, the I don't I know is it, why, why did Bert keep them he's the <laughs> boss it was his his thing what made him to decide and eh, no, I'll just sit on these for a while that, that does not make sense to me and then as far as our B storyline characters go being the punks 
I don't know that necessarily any performances stood out for me. I don't know that I find any of the characters really likable per se, but they definitely each brought their own thing to their roles. They, even though they're all punks, they still stand out from each other personality wise, you know? Um, it, it's hard to describe, but they each have their own thing, which I think is cool. And I, I, again, going back to Trash and Suicide, who are probably my two favorites of the punk group, because their performances are so much more memorable to me. They stand out more. And, and Spider also. I will say Spider right behind them. But the other three, like Tina and I can't remember the other other few. Well, there was Scuzz. Well, and... I'm going to do that every time you say that name. Yeah, well, we don't have to talk about uh, him. If you know, you know, but we're not giving the guy a spotlight. So, what was that other guy's name? Chuck? Yes, Chuck. The one guy who looks like the odd man out because he's wearing a... 80s synth singer suit. Right. And you got in <laughs> Casey. Yeah. Uh, played by Jewel Shepard. She, I, I don't know. She didn't stand out. She had some lines, but the whole thing there is Chuck trying to get with Casey. Right. And she isn't having it. Yeah. She has a mohawk. That's about all that stands right. out to her for me. Right. And and that guy that played Scuzz, he didn't really contribute uh, much to it anyway. So No. He had one line that was a little funny. And that's, again, I'm not. No. No, we're not. We're not talking about him. No, fuck that guy. So, fuck that guy. It's really suicide and trash. Yes. And Miguel Nunez. Spider. Spider. I'm sorry. Yeah. Spider. Yeah. Those to me are the three that I would say stand out the most. And in a way, Spider was kind of the final girl. Kind of. Yeah. Well, technically, Casey and Chuck made it too. Well, technically. They got separated from each other and ended up in two different places, but they- Technically, none of them made it. Well, yeah. 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 That's very true. But just performance wise, I would say that these guys all had wonderful chemistry together. You got the idea that these people were friends. They did hang out and party together and Bert and Freddie and um, Frank, sorry, and Ernie, they all, they just meshed so well together. And I think it's adorable that there's two friends named Bert and Ernie. <laughs> well, those those two should have good chemistry. I mean, they've been together since Sesame Street. So. Right. <laughs> but they had been friends in, in, in the film. They'd been friends for 25 years and you would absolutely believe that. They, they had a way with each other that showed a, a certain amount of comfort in, you know. Yeah, they're their dialogue nah i don't i don't want to say dialogue body language whatever when those two are on screen yeah you believe it. these these two guys have known each other forever right and bert's always been the boss and or the serious one and frank's always been the one talking shit uh-huh and then ernie's always been weird yeah <laughs> but ernie's cool like like we've already travis already established it he was probably a nazi in hiding but he also gives off a vibe like maybe he used to be in the mob. I don't know if it's the tracksuit or whatever, but... Well, when he's introduced, he's he's listening to music on his headphones. And as as the viewer, you can hear it. And he, it's a German march. Yes. And then when Bert comes in and like taps him on the shoulder, he immediately turns and draws... A Walter. Uh, a Walther. Walther, There's sorry. a TH in it. Oh, oh, now who wants to get technical about That's TH? That's why you say thumb. Oh my God. 
It's like thumb, but with an O. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, and draws a, uh, uh, what was a, a World War II German pistol on right. him. And he does it very quickly, like he's done this before. Yeah, not to mention the photos of Ava Braun and Hitler on the walls in there. And he speaks in German a little. Yes, but he's still c- cool. <laughs> he is. Still contri- I can't still, help it. I, kinda, <laughs> he I feel bad about saying that. He's he's still he's still a cool. It kind of the way Christoph Waltz, even though he's a Nazi and a horrible fucking Nazi at that, you still can't help but like him. Ooh, that's a bingo because he just has a fucking charisma. Yeah, there's there's enough charisma there that you're like, I, I don't want to like this guy, but I still kind of like this guy. Yeah, exactly. Like I would, yeah. Yeah, he's still, I don't know. It's weird. Yeah, it it's feels weird. weird to talk about You it. shouldn't like them. But I the, don't approve of any of those things no, that they no, absolutely did not. or represent, but on film it's still like, yeah, guy's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a the but again I I take that back to the, their performances. Oh yeah, it's all about the actor. Yeah. All right, so since I've covered acting pretty well, <laughs> and then we covered it again, let's talk about the effects. I, wow, again, this is not one that when you're talking about special effects in horror films, it's not one that usually gets brought up a lot. You know, everybody talks about Savini's work or Patine's work or you know, insert name here, but. This was one of, I mean, he's not the guy, but this was one of Tony Gardner's, I think, actually think this was the first film that he ever did special effects on. And of course he would go on to have a much more prolific career, but the effect work in this, while I will say understated a bit, is still very good with what they did. Like... They wanted things to look as authentic as possible. So those are real brains. I mean, even if they are calf. And the extras did eat those. The director ate those in front of the extras to be like, you know, I'm I'm here with y'all. And it's just like a good, you know, good faith type of you know, thing. I, I, I get it that this is supposed to be punk, but that's metal as hell. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Um, the zombies look really cool. There's very, I love, this is kind of like the walking dead before the walking dead where there are various stages of decay in the zombies where you have your quote fresh zombies, but then you also have some that have been fucking rotting for forever and are dirty and gross. And then you have fucking tar man. Oh my gosh. Like, we were talking about this off mic earlier. You don't have ve- what I would call very many iconic zombie characters. Like, if I'm thinking about zombies, two names always come to mind. And that is Bub from Day of the Dead and Tarman. I I can't really think of any outside of that. I always think about the one from Fido. Uh, Well, yeah. But I, I don't know his name, but... You don't know his name? Well, I mean, his name's Fido. Or that's what the kid names him, but like... It's the also the dad from Boondock Saints. No shit. No shit. Huh. Why is that a bitch? Which I can't think of his name right now, even though we talked about him. Billy Connolly. Billy Connolly. That's it. Yeah. You should be ashamed. Yeah. He was Fido. Um, but he, again, he's not one that I would put up there with, wow, this was really a groundbreaking zombie, you know, that gets brought up in every conversation, as great as that performance was. But fucking Tarman, I mean, what can you say? He has a great look. 
there's a reason why he has toys and his face is on t-shirts and why his face is synonymous with this film. Well, and then there's the skeleton that sets up at one point that still has eyeballs. I love that shot. To me, if you talk... Because that's on the cover, right? No. If you say Return of the Living Dead, that's what I think of is that skeleton sitting up, eyeballs open, brains. And then, of course, do you want to party? But... <laughs> right. <laughs> but I think they created some really fucking cool looks. And in, in, in even Trash, once she gets turned... She looks different than any other fucking zombie out there. For starters, she's blue, right? Well. Or either really, really white. She's a whitish blue. Yeah. But you know what, Frank and uh, Freddy. Yes. They are kind of turning that really super pale, sort of a blue tinge. Right. Also. And red rimmed eyes. And then, of course, once uh, Freddy gets acid thrown at his face and his eyes become all red and bulbous and shit, too. He's got a unique look, even. Like... I, it's, it's just really cool and there's the cl- uh, I will say that there's one very close up scene of suicide getting well his brains eaten by Tarman that it it does look a little shoddy there and I think if it hadn't been such a close up shot it might have been better but overall them just biting into heads and brains spilling out it looked really fucking good um the half zombie lady she looked really fucking good like because she also was one that had her eyeballs still intact and they were glazed over looking like i love the effect of her spinal column swinging back and forth like a little scorpion tail yeah, it was like, like a tail it looked really cool. I have no complaints. I have no complaints no. about the effects in this film. I feel like they were all good. I mean, I, I would, I don't, I don't want to be a dick and be like they were good for 1985, but they were. They're just good. Yeah. Like without adding that little disclaimer at the end for 1985, they're just, they're just pretty damn good. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's stuff that you don't really see anymore. I like it that they made all the zombies look a little bit different. I mean, I realize they were all played by different people, but <laughs> they didn't just try to use like same makeup on every person. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. What, what size makeup effects team you have to have to like do that i mean that walking dead did that right where you know you might have a hundred extras and they all look different uh-huh um, i like it that they differentiated the the living humans that were that transitioned i guess i'd say uh to the undead and had them look different from all the rest of them like trash and uh-huh. uh and frank and freddie and her they head was a, completely different like she looked demonic she was almost like a mutated zombie yeah but all the other zombies we see are the ones that came out of the ground those are the only three that we see them actually change. Uh-huh. And so I like it that they differentiated them. Uh, and they were seemed more intelligent and uh, faster, maybe. Mm-hmm. But well, like <laughs> well done, well done. One one of the best scenes, one of the most iconic scenes, uh, obviously. And I'm sorry, I've used that word so damn much. But if you talk to anybody about this film, this is a scene that comes up, and that's the zombie. Maybe there's two. I don't know if it's the same one or not. But <laughs> the send more paramedics, send more cops it's just that's just so fucking funny and brilliant at the same time it's funny and terrifying at the same time yes that a zombie that wants to eat your brains is intelligent enough to get on the radio and send more paramedics he he just he just fucking door dashed brains that's what he did (laughs) right (laughs) he just got on the radio and ordered brains yeah and an uber dropped him off (laughs) that's that's how that shit worked right (laughs) so i no 
wild. Yeah, that's scary. That it, is scary. It's scary, but it's also hilarious. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think uh, those two go hand in hand so well. They they really complement each, and each other. And it's somehow funny. Yes. We're sick, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's it. But one of the other scenes that you, I'm not going to use your I word. That's your word. Um, I coined it. It's mine. Is when, because I, I don't know, it, maybe it's because it's unique, is the first time you see Trash after she's changed. And she's like, was well, a cop, right? She's walking at him and like catch mm-hmm. her in the headlights and she's walking at him and you're like, oh shit, that's her. And then you see her face and you're like, oh. Yeah. Well, that's kind of scary. And it's like her jaw's unhinged or something. There's something wrong with her face in that scene. Yeah. That's just sort of unsettling. And yet she She's still sexy at the same time, too. That's confused boner moment. Yeah, I was going to say, that's one of those confused boner things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I absolutely understand. So, score. We've talked about the music quite a bit. We have. Off mic. Yes, we have. And I, I okay, I'm known on the podcast. You can go back and listen to all of our previous episodes, and I highly encourage you to do that. But uh, for not noticing the music in a movie, mm-hmm. unless it just really stands out, I noticed the music in this film. Yes. And it fits. And there's some of them that I would hear it and go, oh, I know that. I might not be able to know, it's like, hey, it's from this movie. If you say it, when you say it, when you're like, hey, it's from that, I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that. Yeah. But I would be like, I know this music. Yes. <laughs> And that doesn't happen for me. Yeah. I think that the main theme is absolutely perfect. I I think every time you hear that Taco Bell bong, <laughs> you're going to be like, that's Return of the Living Dead. Okay. That's not what I think when I hear that. I think, oh, yeah, grilled stuff burrito, <laughs> which they don't have anymore. So fuck them. No, don't because they might sponsor us later. No, they won't. <laughs> But it's also got like a really great just punk soundtrack to it, too. Um, I take that back. There is one. Uh, Make Love Till We Die. Yeah. I will always know what movie that came from. Right, right. And not because of the dance, just because it is specific to this movie. The lyrics are specific to the movie. Why? Okay, or, fine. Actually, they're specific to trash, really. Yeah, they kind of are. So I have... Party time and make love till we die both on my on my phone. Like there's such great songs. Like every time I hear party time, I can't help but just be instantly in a good mood. Like it's such a great song. But the way like I don't know, it's they use the score perfectly in almost every scene to set up what's going on, or they'll liven up the darkness of what's going on with a fun punk song. It's just whoever whoever did that just it was perfect so that pretty much does it for the score we don't have any no complaints no no complaints whatsoever so let's talk about what we loved and hated are we there have we made it we have we've made it uh i think we are we are leaving out our the category before that because i have not i have yet to write it on the board first okay what is it let's talk about your favorite scene or favorite quote or quotes from Returning the Living Dead. Okay. <sighs> I have two, and they're the same as yours. <laughs> I'm almost positive. So I'm just going to do the first one. The first one is when Yellow Zombie Guy first pops up, and they've beheaded him. Well, they, they've pinned his head to the floor with a pickaxe, which why they had a pickaxe, who knows? They had one, and they did it. And then cut his head off with a hacksaw, and Frank's just, oh, no. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> The whole time. The whole time. And it's it's so hilarious. It's so funny. It's great. And then they're like, you won't die. And he was like, one of them says something about. I'm going to hit you. 
what? I'm going to hit you and then make you sleep on the couch. I'm going to beat you with my shoe. You're going to wear it. I'm wearing my Vans right now. I will smack no. you. Why are you wearing shoes? Because you people tend to wear shoes on. You're wearing your in shoes my, right now. Yeah, but I always wear shoes in the house. <laughs> you don't. Anyway. <laughs> he's like, well, that's how they did it in the movies. And, and. God damn it. I hate you for taking that away from me. <laughs> I what I thought and, you were gonna say was when they cut the zombie's head off and his hands race up in the air. No, that's that's my favorite scene. I'm talking about my favorite line. Oh, uh, okay. Favorite line is then when he's like, "Oh, that's how they did it in the movie." And Bert says, "I'm like, well, it didn't work." And Freddy's all, "You mean the mo- movie lied? 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 <laughs> the movie lied?" He's like. Fuck, dude! How old are you? What do you mean? Like, you're surprised? You're surprised by this? But yeah, my favorite scene is also in that point where after they when they cut the zombie's head off and the body just gets up and it's got its hands up. It's like jazz hands. Like somebody said, freeze. <laughs> and he's like, oh, just kind of dancing around. It's hard. To, okay, I can't. Like, wait, like if you're like if you accidentally walk in on your kid slapping the ham and they just like oh, I wouldn't do anything. Yeah, it's like hands up at like shoulder level almost, and then the zombie body just keeps running around that way. Until they tackle it, but it's just—it's hilarious. I can't, you can't, I can't do it justice in a podcast. You have, you have to watch this movie and see that part, or you already know and you're agreeing with us right now. Yes, possibly laughing too. So those are those are my favorite scenes and lines. Your turn. <sighs> this is what you get for you- letting me go first. <laughs> I didn't. You just took the helm, baby. Yeah. <laughs> so that is one of my favorite lines also. I, I, I just love that. <laughs> it worked in the movies. You in the movie lied. <laughs> I love it so you much. You got to put more emphasis on the E. <laughs> lied. Lied. <laughs> they all like they almost all talk like that. And I'll get into another a line about that like that in a minute. But uh, Frank also says, for some reason, he says, God damn it to hell's sake. <laughs> I don't know. That doesn't even make sense, but it cracks me up every time. God damn it to hell's sake. <laughs> and then, of course, I'd be remiss not to mention Suicide's line of, you think this is a fucking costume? This is a way life. <laughs> life. Life. Yeah, emphasis on the E. <laughs> Actually, you're putting an E where one doesn't exist, so... (laughs) Send more paramedics. Send more cops. And I also really, really love Trash's monologue about... You ever fantasize about all the different ways you can die? Like, I love that whole spiel. Like, I I just love it so much. Um, Favorite scene... Okay, what about, I have two. What about Freddy's line when they're hiding in the attic and he's trying to get to Because you left your ass off for that. That was going to be my second favorite scene. Okay, it's not a scene. You don't see him do it. Well, I know that, but it's it's a scene where it happens. Uh, in, okay, okay. And I love that part where they're trapped. Um, Ernie and Tina are trapped in the in the attic. Which Nazi trapped in the attic? How ironic! Hey, at least it, at least they weren't <laughs> not coming out the closet. Okay. Or Kelly style. Anyway, the bad joke. Um. Anyway, um. I love that t- Tommy. I was about to call him Tommy. I love that Freddie's down there talking about. I had to hurt myself to get to you, but it's okay, darling. I love you. And then you hear some commotion rattling in the bottom, and they're. They're sitting up there quiet and afraid. And then he's like, oh, I had to hurt myself again. But it's okay, darling. I still love you. Well, didn't he break his thumb off? 
Yeah, something like or that. Or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I just love the way he's like, it's okay, darling. <laughs> yeah. And then, yes, you mean the movie lied. The, the whole spiel, like, like down to them beating the split dog and the dog barking. <laughs> that... That whole scene of everything reanimating in there is just fucking bonkers. And so, yes, it is also my favorite scene of the film. Yeah, that that entire sequence uh, where the yellow zombie busts out is fantastic. It is. It, it's, that, it is horror and comedy gold at the same that time. That whole bit is just hilarious. I don't know why he was yellow. I don't. But I don't care. He was severely jaundiced. I don't know. I, it, I don't care why he was yellow. <laughs> he was. He provided the inspiration for what's his face in Sin City. <laughs> you know what? You might be onto something there. <laughs> okay, now let's move on to what we loved and what we hated about this film. Okay, you go first. Um, I don't want to steal your thunder. I hate absolutely nothing. I, I can't think of one thing that I actually hate. The, I think that the pacing is, is terrific. The editing is terrific. I don't feel like it lulls at any point. Um, there's there, there was just so much. And, and, and that's just my opinion. I'm sure you could technically say, well, it does slow down a little bit at certain points. But I was so invested in what was happening that it didn't feel that way to me at any point. Um, there's definitely a tonal shift because like we were just talking about the beginning of the film is super funny and just balls to the wall hysterical and then you get to towards the end of the movie and it definitely becomes more serious you know it's it's starting where it's not funny anymore like these people are fucking dying you know um so there's there's definitely a tonal shift there but at no point did my enjoyment lessen in that time you know you and something I love that they did was even when they fucking start rolling credits, they're going back and they're replaying the funniest scenes from the movie. So you're getting to relive that again. Like, oh, yeah, we ended on a downer, but we're going to remind you of everything that was great about the film to begin with. And I and I adore that. So I love the writing. I love the zombies. I love the act, the performances the tar man it's 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 all so fucking great and i can't think of anything that i hate about it so i agree i'll just go with what she said (laughs) that's what she said that's what she said (laughs) no i like the acting and you know what i'm a giggly bitch anyway so if you can make me laugh in a movie i'm gonna like it that's that's all there is to it there's nothing that i really hate about this film i agree with you that it does kind of slow down in a few a few places but it doesn't slow down enough to take you out of it right like it's it's kind of like slowing down for a speed bump, right? Mm-hmm. It just, it kind of backs off and then you go right back to what you were doing before. Mm-hmm. Or they bring in something else that is different from what you were just seeing. And so you're, you're re-engaged on a, maybe a different level. Um, I agree that the ending is dark. Uh, the comedy only goes about halfway through the film, really, uh, unless you're there's still you're bits in there. Sick, and you're like, yeah, the whole attic scene is still funny, <laughs> even though they're trapped up there. But it still works. Um, the ending is is pretty dark, and I, and, I, and we we talked about it briefly, but I, I kind of like it that they ended it that way. But it that's felt, the thing is that the humor in this film is dark humor. Yeah, so the, it works. But the ending felt appropriate. Um, if there was a, one thing that I would be like, ah, I don't really care for that it's that dick general guy oh because see he even comes him home. i find a little funny <laughs> no no fuck that guy so he comes home and his wife's like 
how was your day? And he was like, uh, 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 just grumbly guy. And then she's like, I made your favorite lamb chops. He's like, it's what I had for lunch. Motherfucker, where did you get lamb chops for lunch? <laughs> Do they have lamb chops in the mess on hall at, on post? Like they serve lamb chops on post. <laughs> like you're in the army and you can just go to the cafeteria and get lamb chops. Man, fuck that guy. <laughs> His wife made him lamb chops. He should have just said thank you. And given her some. Yes. Yes. He okay. should have. Putting lamb chops on the grocery list. No, I'm kidding. We can't I, a fucking afford a lamb chops. No. <laughs> well, you'll get some. <laughs> Speaking of getting some, I explored a new cocktail. I had never had a Manhattan in my life. And I don't know why. It's because of the whiskey set you bought me. Uh-huh. Like, I got, I'm going to go. I saw the recipe. I'm going to go get the stuff for that. I've been missing out all this time. Cool. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I don't, I still don't really drink, but okay, I'll take your word for That's it. That's okay. I'm making up for both of us. <laughs> but no, yeah, it's it's a great movie. It's a great movie. There's nothing really to not like about it. I think there's something in this one for everybody. If you're looking for, for dark, it's there. If you want comedy, it's there. The effects are there. I, I feel like it kind of can appeal to a very wide range of audiences. I agree. I agree. So, marry, fuck, or kill, Return I'll, of the Living Dead. I will marry it. Yay! I would marry it. But there's going to be some premarital sex. That's so, two for you. It is. Two in a row. Two in a row. Yeah. I don't know what's wrong with me. <laughs> it's zombie movies is what it is. It's because uh, you let me, you, you gave me zombie movies. When are we doing zombie land? Because that'd be another one. Uh, I My opinion on that one's not as high as yours I, is. I know it's not. <laughs> oh... I'm torn. I'm torn. But I think I'm going to go ahead and go with Mary also. Like, my initial knee-jerk reaction was just, fuck. It was going to be a frequent fuck. Like, I'm going to keep your number on speed dial. Like, this is a regular booty call. Yes. But thinking about it a little bit more and talking about it, I'm I'm definitely going, this is probably one that I'm going to start keeping in regular rotation. Especially because in watching it together, we got so much enjoyment out of watching it together. And that is so rare for me and you. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Usually you put a movie on and I'm like, no, I've seen this shit before. Even though, you know what? Most of the time I haven't. I haven't seen it. He hasn't. I've just been in the oh room while gosh. it was on. Do you guys, you don't. I was going to say, but do you guys realize how many like little tiffs we've had over the course of 20 years? Because he's like, you always watch the same movies all the time. I get sick of watching the same movies all the time. And then he's like, you're like, you have to sit down and really watch this film. And then he's like, I really didn't remember as much of it as I thought I did. Yeah. Yeah. So. That, that's fair. Are, are you going to tell me you were wrong? No. <laughs> because we can't have that. No. I would never say that when it's being recorded. <laughs> that is, that's fair though. Cause there have been times I'm like, God damn it. Why are we watching this movie again? And I use the word we, why are we watching this movie again? When if you want to be honest, I didn't watch it ever before. <laughs> well, that was. Because there's been so many of these movies that we've done on this podcast uh-huh. that I've been like, I think this is the first time I've ever actually watched this movie. Exactly. And anybody who suffers with anxiety the way I do I saw a thing that that really spoke to me about how people with anxiety tend to watch and listen to the same things over and over and over 
because there's a comfort in knowing the outcome. You're not going to be surprised. And on one hand, that's kind of sad, but at the same time, it is comforting to me. Like, hell yeah, I've watched Hellraiser a hundred times and I'm going to watch it 150 more times. Like, you know, there, there's something about it, it being a big warm blanket to you. It's like, it's that whole chicken noodle for the soul type of thing, you know, with me in, in some of these movies. I don't. And so honestly, yeah, I, I could see where Return of the Living Dead might become that type of film for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily feel that way. It's, for me, I like the movies where something pops up all of a sudden and you're like, oh, oh shit. Oh, and what the fuck was that? And you don't suffer from anxiety either. Yeah. So there you go. It's kind of like the bedroom scene on Terrifier 2. When you're like, God damn it. What is that? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like those moments. Yeah. I like to be surprised sometimes. I do. I'm just saying that it, it there there was a study, and, and when I read that, I was like, that actually makes so much damn sense. This is why I keep listening to the same Silverchair album over and over and over. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and confirm that this will be a Mary for me. It, it, it will go in regular rotation. All right. Any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Send more paramedics. You know what I would say (laughs) to the people that listen to this? Please leave us a review somewhere. Wherever you listen to this podcast, give us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Because we haven't had a review in a long fucking time. (laughs) Like the last one was like a year and a half ago. We haven't been doing this for a year and a half. Yeah, well, close. It's close. It's pretty close. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, you don't have to like it, but leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. We need that. I need the validation, goddammit. <laughs> Send more reviews. That's right. <laughs> At any rate, um, I believe it is your turn to pick next week. So what have you chosen? I have given it zero thought. I haven't thought about it at all. So I'm going to do this live. I'm picking the Toxic Avenger. Oh, fun. Another fun one. Yeah, and he's kind of a fucking zombie. We're on a roll. Sort of. No, he's not. He's hey, just, who suggested that? Somebody suggested that, and I was like, hell heavily yeah. Heavily deformed. No, nobody suggested it. I, But but we have known that this is uh, our friend Lala's. Like, oh, she well, loves shit. the movie. If Lala does so, We got to do it now. Yeah. So, yeah. I'm doing it for you, Lala. <laughs> Yeehaw, cowboy. I think, I think I was in the room once when this movie was on. I don't think I've ever actually watched it. So yeah, so I'm I'm excited. I I really really like Toxic Avenger. Also, I love Toxie. Then why do we never watch it? I don't know. I just it's not what I think I'm about. I'm just calling all the time. you out right now because you're like I love it, but we, we've I do literally seen it one time. Yeah, but it was one that I remember. It was I had the same exact reaction to watching it as I had to Return of the Living Dead, where I'm like, holy shit, why didn't I watch this before? So, so realistically, I have seen them before. I've seen all of them. When I was a kid, I got this massive sunburn, like. It was so bad I missed. It was. Oh, I know the story. Yeah. I think it was during school. We had gone to the lake or something like that. And I was riding in a boat with my uncles. And they were drinking a lot. Don't judge. I wasn't. I was like 12. But they didn't make me put on sunscreen. So I'm just out there. No shirt on. And I had this. It's so white. I'm so white. He's so white. I'm transparent almost. (laughs) He's got fish belly. Yeah. Yeah, except it extends beyond the billing. Anyway, (laughs) 
Um, but yeah, I had these like massive blisters on my shoulders and back. So I was that qualified as like a second degree burn. God, it was awful. So I spent a couple of weeks basically laying on my stomach in the living room. And I remembered the Toxic Avenger movies coming on heavily edited because I think they're just full of tits. But on like USA, maybe? I don't, I don't and know. And so I'm fairly certain I've actually seen all of them. But during that time, all you ha- when all you have to do is just lay there, I was kind of in and out. I slept a lot. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of re visit that and see yeah. what see what we get yeah absolutely if they're funny i'm gonna love it so <laughs> that's easy <laughs> but until next time you've been listening to dead and married take care guys bye what would you do to save the life of a teenage boy if you subscribe to our patreon for just three to ten dollars a month you can get aiden out of the industrial size hamster wheel we use to power our show <laughs> For that, you'll get access to bonus content and allow me to remove Aiden's handcuffs. He doesn't run worth shit with them on anyway. Also be sure to show your support on our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter as TravisL80 and SpookyMom83. Thank you for your consideration. I can't move.